Okay, now back and next on the tee with me is LPGA legend Jane Blaylock. Let me remind you about Jane's background. She's from Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Played her college golf at Rollins College in Winter Park, Florida, just outside of Orlando, where she graduated with her degree in history. She was inducted into their Hall of Fame in 1977. She won the New Hampshire Amateur Championship three times from 1965 to 1968. She won the Florida Intercollegiate Championship in 1966 and the New England Amateur Championship in 1968. She turned pro in 69 and was named the LPGA Rookie of the Year. Got her first win on tour here in Atlanta at the 1970 Lady Carling event. She was named the most improved golfer on the LPGA Tour in 1970 and 71. Jane won the inaugural Dinosaur Colgate Winter Circle Tournament, which was the richest prize ever on the LPGA Tour at the time. She would go on to win the Colgate Triple Crown in 1975 and 77. She teamed with Raymond Floyd to win the Mixed Championship in 1978. She holds her professional golf record for consecutive cuts made at 299. In 1983, she became only the seventh player in LPGA Tour history to earn a million dollars in career earnings. She was named the 1985 Comeback Player of the Year, coming back from a herniated disc in her back. In all, Jane won 27 times on the LPGA Tour and four more times on the Japanese Tour. She was inducted into the Legends Hall of Fame back in 2014 and into the New Hampshire Golf Hall of Fame in 2018. And in my opinion, she should be in the LPGA and the World Golf Hall of Fames. And I am so honored she is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Jane, how are you, my friend? Hey, Chris, I'm great. It's always such a pleasure to be with you. Uh, Thank you for having me. So, Jane, it's been an exciting year on the LPGA Tour, and you have an exciting event coming up on the Legends of the LPGA Tour with the Senior U.S. Women's Open next week up in Portland, Oregon at Waverly Country Club. Talk about what we get to look forward to there. Oh, it was, uh, you know, for the USGA, it was a long time coming uh, to finally have a Women's Senior Open. You know, they've had the Men's Senior Open for years and we lobbied, we tried, and we finally pulled it off a few years ago. And now it's a million dollar purse. And, uh, it's, it's really put the, uh, the great LPJ legends on the map. And, you know, Waverly Country Club is a great course and, uh, it's going to be a fantastic field. You know, we've got Annika, uh, not defending, but playing. And it's just, it's going to be a fabulous field and exciting event. And, uh, no, we're all looking forward to watching to who comes out on top. You mentioned that you had the lobby for it. Why'd you have the lobby for it? Why wasn't this something that the USGA was on all over? Oh, I have no idea. And, uh, you know, the kind of the disappointing thing is that, um, you know, they delayed a little too long because I always call it the golden years of the LPGA when you had, you know, Pat Bradley, Amy Elcott, Patty Sheehan, Beth Daniel, uh, you know, Joanne Carner. Um, the real Nancy Lopez, you know, the exciting era of women's golf. And when they finally decided to do it, it, they were just not a little past the prime, even for the, uh, legends tour. Even I won't use the word senior, but, but, (laughs) or, but mature golfers. And I have no idea why it took so long, but I guess I have to look at the glass top bullet finally made it happen. And, uh, at least, at least it's on the map. But uh, we need to get that purse up. We need to get more comparable like everything else is and women's golf, uh, you know, closer to the men's purse. Speaking of those legends that you just mentioned, including yourself, oh, by the way, 
Are we going to get to see you guys out there playing in the tournament, or have we lost that opportunity altogether? Well, it's it's kind of it's interesting, you know, when the USGA set their criteria, you know, qualification, they used money list. They didn't use tournament wins. If you start doing the math, you know, I won over certainly over a million dollars, but that's like a that's first place prize money now. <laughs> You know, I wish they had changed the criteria. So I'm actually not on. I would have to go qualify. And it's it's a little, um, you know, uh, unsettling to me. I wish yeah. they, you know, had tweaked it a little bit where they actually looked at tournament wins as opposed to career money. And, you know, unfortunately, when I won the Dinosaur, which has been a major for many years, it wasn't considered a major. So, uh, you know, I kind of lost my opportunity. and. Um, but I'd love to get my game in shape for it, but to have to qualify and then to go play in it uh, because I have so many other things going on in my life and I really just don't have the time to do both. So what about just having the ladies that built the LPGA tour? I mean, without you and, and the other players that you mentioned, we wouldn't be here today. I mean, you guys built the LPGA tour back in the the late 60s and the 70s and going into the 80s. You guys are the ones that, that I grew up idolizing and watching and that sort of thing. If it wasn't for you, there wouldn't be the LPGA Tour, at least not as far along as the LPGA Tour is today. Why can't the USGA take a look at it and say, hey, look, these are the ladies that built this tour. They have already earned the right to play in this event. Well, I guess we need a super senior division or something like that. But <laughs> They drag their heels a little bit too long, you know, where the guys who put the PGA tour on the map really had the chance and their, you know, female counterparts did not. But I also think that the LPGA has to step up. You know, there is an LPGA senior, but it's it's not quite the the status that it should be. So I think the LPGA needs to step up and and really have a very senior and no serious major championship for the women who put the LPGA on the map. 100% agree. We've got two senior women's majors now. The senior women's LPGA tournament, which you mentioned a moment ago, that was held earlier this year in late June, which was won by Angela Stanford. She birdied the last hole to win. It was an incredibly exciting tournament. Do you think there's an opportunity? Could we grow it from here? Could we go from two senior majors to three? to three senior majors, to four senior majors like we have out on most other tours. Of course, the LPGA has five. But could you see this growing to a third and fourth major for the LPGA Legends Tour? Well, I think we need to up the ante on the two that we have. You know, I mentioned the Senior Open um, is a million-dollar purse. The LPGA was 400000 So come on, LPGA, step up and make it at least equal, if not more, more so than, um, you know, the Women's Open. Look what's happening on the LPGA now. Um, you know, look at the Women's Open, what, 11 million. The KPMG, was it 9 or 10 million? The AIG, 9 million. And they keep raising, you know, you know, kind of upping the bar. So the LPGA needs to pay attention and do something special for the LPGA legends, certainly in my opinion. And, you know, vested interest because it's, uh, it's something that I have, you know, campaigned for for, you know, many, many years. Speaking of something you've campaigned for, and we've talked about this in the past when you've joined the show, but you always campaigned for a Masters-like tournament on the LPGA Tour. Augusta National has opened their gates to the Augusta National Women's Amateur. It feels like it's time for an LPGA or a better yet, 
an LPGA Legends event to be held there. Since you ladies were shut out of playing there during your primes, you should get first crack at having a senior major there. I think it's an event that would go crazy. Maybe in November it could be held like the Masters was during COVID. Do you think they'd listen and be open to an event like that if a sponsor like a Nabisco, going back to the dinosaur days, might get behind it and we could actually have an LPGA Seniors Masters tournament? We know getting the, uh, even if it's not at at, uh, Augusta Country Club, uh, you know, it could be um, next door. Well, wait a minute. I just said it, Augusta Country Club, not at the Masters, which is a fab. There was an LPGA tournament there years ago you know, even before my time. So to have it in the same area and certainly the power spending of women and the demographic women over 50, uh, we're an important entity in the financial world. So there certainly should be a company that would step up and say, hey, let's make this happen and to be noticed. So uh, I think uh, whatever company decided to do that would, uh, would would be noticed and then some. Speaking of Augusta National, we've seen the LPGA majors visit some of the great iconic courses in our game now. They played at Baltus Row and Pebble Beach this year. How big is that for the growth of the LPGA Tour? Oh, it's just huge, and it trickles down. You know, it just raised the bar, raised the status, and it certainly uh, encourages, you know, young women to play the game. It's like, wow, you know, these women are important. They're getting to play these same courses, and it's sad we're having the discussion because the men have had that opportunity for a hundred years, but hey, at least we're we're catching up. But I think what uh, the companies are doing now, you know, AIG, Chevron, um, the USGA, um, I I think it's absolutely fabulous uh, what's happening in in the women's game. So back in the day when you were on tour, did the LPGA approach courses like that to try to get a major played on one of those places and was told no? Do you know why it? It took all the way to this year before those courses opened up to the LPGA Tour? Quite honestly, I don't even know if that conversation ever took place um, because it was always, we're always fighting, you know, for, you know, to move ahead, to raise the bar a little bit. And uh, perhaps there was no one there to take the risk. I, I think it's, it's someone who has vision, someone that thinks, you know, really raises that bar and thinks, beyond why can't this happen? Um, but it just kind of, it took a movement and it wasn't just a women's golf, it's all sports. So it's kind of a collective, you know, energy, which is moving forward, uh, which is so exciting. And so it's all part of that. And I, I wish I could give credit to one person for it, but, uh, but we can't, but it's, um, it, it's too bad. It, it took too long, but Hey, we're, we're there. We're finally there. And, uh, you know, you've got you've got all the tennis events with uh, the majors with equal money. Of course, they do play at the same venues, but why not to have equal money uh, in the women's game? Right. As you see this growth and you see the things that they are able to do now and the places that they're able to play, do you stand back and do you, are you prideful about that? Do you say, hey, look, if it wasn't for me and my peers, we could still be years or decades away from this kind of growth and playing at these types of courses, or are you disappointed that it took this long? Oh, no. I mean, I, it's totally, you know, you always have to kind of be thankful for where, you know, your position in time and what you accomplished. And, uh, and yeah, so we, we were the group of women with whom I played, I think we're all responsible for what's happening today. 
and just so grateful that it finally happened. So I take enormous pride in where the women's game is today. And hopefully I had some small part in it. Uh, of course but you I'm, did. I'm just so grateful for everything that I have in my life today with, uh, you know, what I have worked on with the, you know, Legends Tour, or now, excuse me, Legends of the LPGA, you have to get that straight. And with our PGA Women's Golf Clinics, I mean, that's really has made such a difference across the board. Jane, the last 18 months has been a pretty tumultuous time in professional golf, particularly on the men's side. The LPGA has kind of been on the outside watching what's going on over there, I'm sure. But sooner or later, it feels like the LPGA is going to get sucked into this whole thing. Are you concerned at all that if the merger or the partnership, whatever you want to call it, going on between the PGA Tour and the PIF, that it's just a matter of time before the PIF wants in on the LPGA? I mean, it's uh, who knows? I mean, this whole thing is such a conundrum and it's uh, it's a maze for any of us that are trying to navigate this whole thing. But, uh, you know, the LPGA is, um, you know, is this alliance or actually owns the LET, you know, latest European tour. And their biggest events are sponsored by Aramco. So the LPGA is already, you know, kind of in bed with those folks, so to speak. Um, and I know they try to, you know, deny it is the wrong word, but try to be very diplomatic and how they address that. It's made very interesting because, uh, you know, money talks and uh, who knows what's going to happen. Um, and I understand the, uh, you know, I read every, I don't have any inside info. None of us really do. But reading all the, you know, the articles that uh, the PGA had no choice because they were losing millions and millions of dollars. And, you know, in the lawsuit and, uh, you know, the Saudis are never going to run out of money. So who knows what's going to happen? And uh, I I really don't want to have an opinion one way or another. I just want uh, the women in golf to be able to benefit as much as possible and to play the game of a lifetime. Jane, going back to your playing career, and like we talked about a moment ago, you won the first Colgate Dinosaur Winner's Circle event in 1972, an event that many people say transformed the LPGA Tour and the way women's golf was perceived. Talk about that tournament and the transformation it made come about. Oh, it just totally changed the way women's golf was perceived. It went from, uh, you know, kind of the civic organizations around the country where, you know, you had to look it up on the map to find out where you were going to play uh, to, you know, larger cities and corporate America, you know, taking notice. I mean, Colgate did us just such a great service. And it was David Foster, the CEO at that time who really put women's golf on the map. I mean, the prize money was huge, but national TV, celebrities involved. And it it was single-handedly changed the direction of women's golf. And, uh, you know, so lucky to be part of it. The energy, I mean, it was just, it, the size of the galleries was just absolutely phenomenal. It was an amazing experience to be part of that. And I guess I was pretty lucky to have won it. You mentioned celebrities. I know they were a big part of that event. Who are some of the great people that you had an opportunity to now play alongside? Well, people probably never heard of like Frank Sinatra, Bob, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe, Joe DiMaggio. Uh, I mean, I, I have a lot of my favorites that I, you know, played with over the years out there, but it was definitely the A-list. <laughs> um, and Dinah brought, brought all of her friends in and the celebrities wanted to be part of that. 
And uh, it was just, you know, it was it was just so, so exciting. You know, I said the energy was through the roof. So the, the size of the galleries, I have to imagine prior to that, maybe smaller. And then you then this sort of event hits and then the celebrities start to get involved. Was that a, a boom for what what it was like than the crowds that you started to play in front of? Oh, it was huge. In fact, I would have to say um, so I would attend the, uh, you know, the dinosaur. Then it, it went from, gosh, Colgate to Nabisco to Craft Nabisco to the craft. And uh, the galleries were actually larger um, in the early 70s than they were going into the 80s and even early 90s. Is that it right? Was, no, it was just, yeah, I, I kind of saw the galleries like and they were always large, but never as large as they were when we had, you know, again, you know, the Patty Sheehan and Jill the Inkster early on. And, you know, Pat Bradley, Amy Elcott. Um, it was uh, it was just tremendous. So uh, which is one of the reasons why we were excited about the uh, the Legends Tour, because these players attracted galleries because they had real personalities. The tournament has now been renamed. It's the it's the Chevron Championship, and it's an LPGA major. Oh, by the way, now became one in 1983. I think the LPGA has done a disservice to you guys by not going back and making it a major and awarding those of you that won it prior to 83. Have you guys ever talked about that? Like why? Why it's a major now? Why don't we get credit for the major that it was back in the 70s and early part of the 80s? Well, of course, we wish that was the case. Uh, and now, you know, we had two majors then. Now they have five. So um, it's, it is a disservice to us. And I wish they would consider something like that. But I doubt it will happen because it's hard to go back and, and, and change things like that with the tradition of the game. But uh, now to have, um, you know, five majors, it seems it's a little bit easier to win majors. And for, you know, most of certainly my career and those of many of my peers, we had two. So you could do the math. Um, you win the U.S. Open or the LPGA or, or go home. And, um, you know, the Dinah, then it was a Demarier and uh, which was the Canadian Open. And then it was um, now the Evian. Uh, now it's a British. So um, it's just uh, no, no, so, no sour grapes here. But when you kind of compare generations and uh, those eligible, as you mentioned earlier on, for the Hall of Fame, it's a bit skewed. You mentioned there was no open championship back in the day. Did you get an opportunity to go over there and play those great courses anyway? Oh, we did. It was wonderful. Yeah, I got, we had Colgate sponsored. the. It was the Colgate European, which was always at Sunningdale, such a great venue. And it was a fabulous tournament. And uh, we played in uh, we played in Ireland, and we played in Scotland. But you know, there were never a so-called official tournaments, um, which was uh, you know w which would have been great. But uh, you know, kudos to AIG for what they've done with the women's. And I like it now. It's not the British; it's the AIG Women's Open, which is the same way they uh, you know they uh, talk about the men. So it's not the British Open; it's That's the championship. Right. So I, I like the way they position that. And, um, you know, AIG is also, um, you know, they've been fabulous. They're our presenting sponsor of our PGA women's clinics. And so they, you know, totally support women's golf on all levels. Jane, with respect to equipment, 
It seems readily available to the guys out on the PGA Tour, especially nowadays. I'm sure it's way different now than it was back in the 70s and 80s. But was it readily available for you guys to get your equipment, get it adjusted and that sort of thing? Or did you have to struggle to get that too? Oh, good Lord, no. <laughs> yes, we had to really fight for everything. Uh, I saved a lot of my old clubs. I looked at the steel shafts and those leather grips. And when it was cold, I recall how my hands would shiver and you know, it would send chills up your body <laughs> when you would hit a thin shot. Um, but it's, um, you know, we're all using the same clubs. So everyone was in the same situation. So you really can't compare. But I always, I tell my friends, thank goodness we didn't have hybrids because I was a really good long iron player. I could hit two and three irons and I carried both in my bag. And had hybrids been around, it would equalize. So I wouldn't have won nearly as many tournaments. <laughs> It would have brought many other of my competitors into the game because uh, I grew up on a windy course and was a low ball striker. So, uh, you know, it's the equipment has it's just it's dramatically changed and and uh, what's available to the players now. And it, it's fabulous and that the, the women have as many opportunities now as the men and the golf ball and, um, you know, the size of the driver. The, the equipment has just gone through the roof. And, you know, it's. Um, in some ways it's sad because many golf courses that were championship courses are, are no longer because they're too short because the, uh, you know, the guys hit the ball so long and now women are hitting it two seventy. So some of the courses are obsolete for the top women players as well. And Jane, I used to love watching the fall events when the LPGA players would team with the PGA tour players and team events. You, we used to have the, the J.C. Penny event, there was the Wendy's Three Tour Challenge, which would include the Champions Tour players. Again, we're we're going to get a little bit of that back this fall with a Grant Thornton Invitational. But I think it would be loads of fun to get the LPGA legends to team back up with the Champions Tour players, the, the guys that you used to play with back in the day and see you guys in a team event. Do you think there's any opportunity that we may get something like that? Oh, I wish we could. I mean, we've had so many conversations over the years. Jim Colbert and I were friends for years. And, uh, you know, it's probably a little past our prime now, but uh, we've talked about it. But it's all about money and getting sponsors. I know the Champions Tour would love to do it, but we have to find, you know, the right sponsor. But goodness gracious, what sponsor would want to have men and women over 50 competing together Again, give, giving the, the the financial you know you know d- demographics of our population, it would be a home run. So hopefully we can make that happen. But um, Chris, I do have table when uh, Legends Tour. We just um, this is not even hasn't even been announced, but we're excited. We're going to uh, have a new event in Lexington, outside of Lexington, Kentucky, uh, the Woodford Golf Club. We're going to have a Legends event down there, kind of a preview event in the fall this year and a big event next June. So that's going to be a, a team event. Very, very exciting. No kidding. What kind of team event is it? Is it a, is it a mixed event or is it no, uh... no. It's going to be no. just a women's, you know, LPJ Legends event? So it could be uh, Annika and Jill Inkster playing together. Um, I'm not I'm not saying that's going to happen, but uh it's really exciting. So the folks at the Woodford Club uh, have really stepped up. And, uh, you know, we have our BJ's event, which is coming up in a month from now. Uh, 
at the Ridge Club on Cape Cod, and that's just a fabulous team event. And Julie is playing, and um, you know, just we'll have Nancy Lopez. We'll have all these great players. So uh, team events are really fun for us. Pat Bradley's defending champion. Jane, just a couple more before I let you go. And you do a wonderful letter on Fridays, four Fridays, and I, I get to read that out on LinkedIn. But talk about the things that you write about. Oh, it's it's part of our PGA Women's Golf Clinics, and just go to our website and to you know subscribe to the Four Fridays because uh, our team does a fabulous job with golf tips and with going on in the women's game and the men's game as well. But it's just uh, it's so newsworthy and it's just it's such great information. So Jane, what's on your schedule for the rest of the year? Well, I'm stressing now. I play in our BJ's event. My partner is Patricia Manulabu. And she's a very strong player. She won the Dinosaur one year. She beat Annika by one. And uh, she's a strong player, but I want to be a worthy partner to her. So I'm stressing over my game. (laughs) That's great. So, Jane, how can our listeners stay up to date with all the great things going on with the Legends of the LPGA Tour and you, whether it's on your website or it's on uh, social media? Well, I mean, first I would go to our PGA Women's Golf Clinic. That has everything there. And then it's, uh, you know, Legends of the LPGA, kind of with our our events and the BJ's event coming up. And it hasn't even been announced. I kind of blew the whistle and I'll probably get uh, reprimanded. But but it's pretty exciting that we have this new event. Yeah, it is. I can't wait to hear more about it. But. I can't thank you enough, Jane, for coming back and being a part of the show again tonight. I always get excited when I know you're going to be joining me. You're one of the great people that you get to meet in this game. And um, I can't thank you enough for all your time and the great things you're doing. And I hope hope more and more things happen on a positive note for the Legends Tour. You guys deserve a lot. Again, the LPGA Tour wouldn't be nearly as, as advanced as it is if it wasn't for you and your peers back in the glory days back in the 70s and 80s. I can't thank you enough. Well, thanks, Chris. Thanks for all your support and having me. Jane, take care. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up again soon. Okay. See you, Jane. That is the great Jane Blaylock, folks, and it just doesn't get any better than that. Uh, Always a huge thrill when Jane is a part of the show. The Legends of the LPGA is a wonderful, wonderful tour. Uh, We've talked about this many times in the past when she's been a part of the show. The unprecedented access you get to those legends, you're not going to get on any tour anywhere. I mean, a lot of the events, you get to walk right inside the ropes, right alongside the players. Now, I don't know that that's going to happen at the Women's Senior U.S. Open, but a lot of their other legends events, you get to walk side by side with the great ladies that built this game. And you're not going to get that anywhere else. And they're so personable and they'll sign autographs and they'll talk with you and they'll spend time with you. They are just, it's just a wonderful tour. It's just the best one out there. I can't say enough great things about it. Jane is certainly a part of why that tour has gotten off the ground and doing the great things it is. And again, I think she and her peers long overdue some of the access and some of the accolades that they deserve. And I certainly hope at some point the LPGA goes back and awards the ladies that won the Dinosaur uh, which is now the Chevron uh, major status. Again, it became a major in 83. She won it in 72. She deserves to have major champion along with the many other great things as you can title her with. But she is deserving of that honor, and I hope she gets it very soon. 